Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So this is a bonus episode. And as you can see, I'm playing with the the technical aspects of the new setup. So today what we're going to talk about is 21 tips to help a new podcaster get 10,000 plus downloads, right? And just to start off right off bat, like the audio intro that I was just playing, it's just a quick tip. Again, all the samples that I use in that intro audio are essentially royalty free. They're public domain, right? So that's the first tip, like right off the bat. That's not even included in the top 21. If you're looking for music, start off by either creating your own music or finding music that's in the public domain that you can play all day, all night without having to pay royalties for it. Um, Other announcements so far, I think I made the announcements earlier this week or a week before last, but the actual certificate has come in, which was really, really cool and kick ass. So those that don't know, there it is, the Guinness World Record official, right? So it's pretty cool. And this one was for back in uh, March 2021. And all credit goes to PodFest and Chris Comenso for this one. The largest attendance for virtual podcasting conference in one week, 5,816 participants, right? And so I was a speaker at this event, which was very, very cool to be a part of this. Again, shout out to Chris and the PodFest family for making that happen. It is a great thing to have that on my resume for sure. So let's dive into like these tips. And again, these are going to be like overview tips. I'm not going to like deep dive deep into them. If you want more insight and more like step-by-steps on how to do it, feel free to send me an email at info at bossuncaged.com. That is info at bossuncaged.com. So I want to just kind of talk about like this 10,000, like 10,000 is kind of like a, a landmark thing, right? And when you hear 10,000, you think, oh, wow, that's a lot. Some people may think, oh, it's small. But it's just, you know, if you're familiar with like the rule of 72 compounding interest, this applies just like that does. I mean, again, being that I used to hold a Series 6 and I was in in that industry for a period of time, I I understand those strategies. So why not use those strategies that they're using on the market and use it on podcasts, use it for podcast downloads, use it for video downloads. So in the compounding effect of the rule of 72, you just have to really understand that, you know, it's you divide the numbers. And and, and and again, I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible without going into like the, the science behind the rule of 72. But look at it as 10,000 downloads, right? Divided by 12 months. That's essentially 833 downloads. Then you divide those downloads by four. Let's say you do four episodes per month. That's 208 downloads. So 208 downloads per episode. It's not as hard as as it may sound when you break it down to that number, right? So, like, how do you get to 208 downloads? And, again, this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? So, just look at, like, the general stats about downloads. If your episode gets 124 downloads in 30 days, you're in the top 50% of podcasts, right? So, there's, like, encrenching on, like, 3 million different podcasts out there in the world right now. So, you will be in the top. 50% if you just have 124 downloads. And then as it continues, if you have 1,000 downloads, and this is not per episode, this is your total episodes within that 30-day span, 
again, this is kind of what, what we're aiming for, right? 208 downloads per episode times four, it's essentially around 800 or so. So then if you did that, then you'd probably be somewhere in the top 25% of podcasters. Continuing down that, that path, um, 2,900 downloads will give you 10, top 10%. 6,700 downloads gives you 3%. To sh- kind of show you where Boston Cage is right now, we're at the top 0.5%. So we're averaging somewhere between 12,000 to 15,000 downloads per month. And again, we release somewhere between four episodes every month. Um, and this is the bonus episode. So this month, essentially, it'll be five episodes. So essentially, if you divide that five by like the 15, that's 3,000 downloads per episode, give or take, right? And then last but not least, uh, the grandfather of, of podcasting, essentially at this point, would be Joe Rogan. And he's at the top zero, top point zero one percent not top pop point one but point zero one percent right and his average downloads right now are about 11 million per episode which is crazy when you think about it but when you think about the compounding effect it definitely works right so <clears throat> talking about the compounding effect right so you could have one person that could listen to your podcast and then that one person then you know re- refers your podcast to someone else now you have two people and step and repeat step and repeat and, and over a period of time that one person may listen to more than one episode they may go to your backlog of episodes and listen to those episodes as well so one person times another person times another person you can easily see how 208 becomes really really easy once you look at it from that bird's eye view so talking about like your your three core assets right and again i'm going to we haven't even touched on the 21 list yet, but so your three core assets would be your listener, your guests, and your creative thinking, right? So again, your listeners are the one that are essentially doing your, your general downloads. Your guests, on the other hand, could potentially be listeners as well. They're going to have some, some guests, and I'm not saying all guests, but particularly good guests or a high portion of good guests would at least listen to an episode or two before they get on your show. So they don't know exactly what they're getting themselves into. So think about it. The more people you have on your show or the more guests or the more panel boards or the more discussions or the more collaborating with other podcasters or other visionary people in your industry, by default, you're compounding the interest, or in this case, you're growing that audience of listeners and then being creative. And the creative part, I say that for last, because I'm going to jump into the 21 tips. And again, they're going to be overview and I'm going to be fast and furious with it because, again, it's Friday. And I, and I know that some people are heading to work and some people are kind of like now waking up. So if you have opportunity to listen to this right now, hopefully this kind of motivates you to kind of get things rolling for your day and, and, and take action on what I'm going to tell you. So thinking creatively essentially is like, OK, I'm going to tell you things that we've done that has worked for us. But I'm not saying you need to do it verbatim. You can take what, what, what I'm talking about, put your twist on it, make it work for you, figure out however you want to take these pieces and components and recreate your own puzzle your own masterpiece so the first one first and foremost and i think this is something that you know i would say it's the reason why the percentages are so crazy right like 50 percent of of podcasters right are essentially only doing what was that number 50 percent are only doing 124 downloads right and there's a reason for that because the other 50 percent are probably not doing anything on this list okay if you're not trying at all then pretty much you're going to get the results for not doing any activities, right? So the first one would be systematizing your guest onboarding or systematizing any of your onboarding. Again, guests, meaning that you have an interview podcast, okay? Well, that, that's, that's, to me, the easiest way to get more downloads is to have guests. Now, there's a, many other formats. You can have a co-host, right? So a co-host essentially is, is, is a, a long-time guest, right? It could be your show or it could be 
John and Mike show, right? With John and Mike, now you're splitting the responsibilities between two people. And again, every time I have a guest on, essentially, I'm splitting the responsibilities of some of that marketing for that particular episode as well. So systematizing that guest onboarding is key. And you're kind of like, well, what, what does systematizing the guest onboarding really mean? Like, So the next one, number two, first and foremost, if you have a podcast and you're interviewing anyone, you have to have an online scheduling platform. This could be Calendy, and there's a dime a dozen of them out there. For Boss and Cage, we use Book Like a Boss. It may be the branding. I don't know. But the system works, and obviously the the name of the company obviously helps as well because it's kind of like it's Boss and Cage, and we use Book Like a Boss. It just makes sense to me, right? But systematizing that, right, making sure that you have something that can say, hey, I have an hour block or a 30-minute block, and I have it routinely on these particular days, and this is what I have available. So there's no back and forth emails. There's no discussion. You don't have to waste all this time communicating back and forth through email when you can just send them a link and let that individual or their assistant pick the time slot that works for them, right? That's done. Next is then after you get them booked is setting up automatic reminders. Autom- automatic reminders are, are are king. And I've got smacked on the wrist and I've got a compliment from my automatic, automatic reminders because I'm like, I'm not going to say devious with it, but you know, I send out at the minimum of five automatic reminders. Right. And, and again, it's because I've been doing it long enough to realize if I don't send out these automatic reminders, people's schedules are highly busy. Right. And so if someone books an appointment 30 days out coming into the week of if I don't send a reminder and again, I can tell you the reminders I have said, but if I don't send a reminder, potentially they may stand up the show. They may miss it. Oh, my God. I, I didn't realize. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Can I rebook? Well, that time that you took that hour block that I set aside to interview that person now is wasted time because at least you're going to sit on the call for a few minutes, right? My cutoff point is somewhere between five to 10 minutes max. Someone doesn't show up in five to 10 minutes, I'm I'm canceling the episode and and I'm moving on to, and that time slot is now officially gone and that extra 50 minutes is going to be allocated to something else. And and I really don't care who that person is. If they miss that time slot, they miss that time slot and I'll give them a second opportunity to update it or revise it again because I understand real world things happen. So not everyone is being malicious and not everyone is being overly forgetful, but in adding the automatic reminders helps. So I set an automatic reminder once it's booked. I set out an automatic reminder an hour before the show, a day before the show, five days before the show. And if it's longer than a month out, I do two weeks before the show. So at least that way, they can't say they didn't get anything. And if it ends up in a junk junk folder, well, I mean, that, that kind of falls back on them because, again, they are the ones setting up the appointment and they should be looking for a response from that appointment. Next, after that, something that, that we've been highly successful with is creating an intake form. And again, we're talking about downloads, but we're talking about systems that are going to help you get more downloads. And these are like the the bedrock, the building blocks of podcasting that once you have these elements in place, it's going to help you itemize what you're doing and not have to think about it. And as, and as we progress with these other steps, you can kind of see how they all work with each other. So an intake form, right? And And I think this was probably like the biggest thing that we did in season one that kind of changed everything for us. Because before we had to kind of search and find Facebook and Instagram profiles and people use multiple different names and different variables. So it, it, it pretty much it was a time suck. So imagine you interview five people in a week. Right. And again, you're not going to broadcast those episodes right then. But say you, you interview one person per day right, and just at scale. Then you have to go in and find all their information, find their LinkedIn profiles, find their website times five 
maybe an hour each. That's five hours of time that's essentially un unwaste. You know, it's time that you really can't get back and you can't really put numbers to it to say that you're doing it for a reason. So I was like, okay, it's got to be an easier way of doing this versus doing the time suck creating an intake form and an intake form could be as simple as using Google forms to then get data. And when you get data, you want to think about the data that you want data. That's going to be useful data that you can use on that podcast episode. So the data that we intake on Boston cage is obviously the name, the email address, every single one of their social media platforms. So that's YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Literally we have a box for every single one of them. Right. And I'll tell you why we do that as we progress. In addition to that, getting their headshots, it's going to save you a lot of time. Bios. Again, it doesn't mean that you have to write a bio now. Now, they'll, you know, if you're interviewing someone that has bios, if they don't, they'll see that question. And, you know, nine out of 10 people will write something quickly because, again, that bio is going to be used in your show notes or using your description for your Facebook lives, so forth and so forth. And then ideally, another question that we ask is kind of like what region they're in. Because, I mean, we went from a U.S.-based podcast to an international podcast. So now I want to get credit where it's due if I'm interviewing someone in in Malaysia or someone in Australia or someone in Japan, I, you know, I want to give credit to the region as well. So that, that's an additional thing that we ask. So again, you can ask whatever questions that you want that you know that you're going to be able to amplify and talk to during a particular episode. So that's golden again. And, and I'm building these building blocks up. So we're going to get to downloading as these elements are starting to be created and developed. And you'll see why shortly. Then after you get your intake form, then you want to connect that intake form again google forms i would connect that directly to google sheets so google sheets becomes your database it becomes your inventory so before i even get on episode and this is why i have like a 24-hour policy if if you if you do everything on this form 24 hours before the episode it gives me enough time to section out an hour of my time to go in and review that content so i get to review youtube channels review instagram accounts review bios so when i have that due diligence done when i get on a podcast i know as much as possible about this person's history based upon like the internet right and again some people they add on an extra 30 minute block or an hour block to do a pre-interview right and again i know people time time is money so I do my due diligence. I'm, I'm hoping that they do their due diligence. And, I, and again, we'll talk about systems of, of how I help them know who I am and what they're going to be talking about and how they communicate when they get on the show. But before that, that 24 hour window gives me opportunity to read that form and know the nuances of that person. Um, prime example of that, like earlier this week, I did a live with um, the Clarity Boss. And during the podcast, you know, like around, I think probably the middle of the podcast, I brought up a little thing that was on his Facebook page. And it was about him being a, um, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu training and a drummer. But that was a question that I would not have known to even insert or ask if I did not do my due diligence before. Um, yesterday, I had an, a, the, another episode as well. And looking at his bio, again, I asked him the question about his workout regimen because on his TikTok channel, he does workout videos. But, you know, again, he's more so of a mindful coach on the front end. So, again, not only does this tell the guests that I know a little bit more about them, I'm not just waiting for the show to start and then asking them questions. I'm doing my background check. And again, this is going to help with your downloads as we progress. Then after that, you want to go to number six, which is connect to all the guest channels. So now you can see why the intake form is hella useful because now I don't have to search for anything. So once I do my one hour session, right, within that 24 hours before that episode airs, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to dive into their social media profiles. Like I said earlier, 
But in addition to that, I'm going to then friend, right? Connect to all and subscribe to all their channels. And the reason for doing that, as you progress and see, well, if I'm doing an episode with John and I have all of John's social media platforms and, and, and S.A. Grant as Boston Case has all the same social media channels, then when we do a share of that content, then we're going to connect the dots. We're going to connect the dots. We're going to connect the dots from if I post on Facebook, then I'm going to say, hey, John, your episode's on Facebook or I'll just tag John in that episode. Instagram, the same thing. I may do a story and in that story, I'll tag John in that story as well. And then same thing for like Twitter. Again, all these systems are all integrated and they all work. But again, I'm using them for, to increase my downloads. And these are little, little, little tips that, again, going back to compound interest, it will add up. So imagine you interview 100 people and for each one of these 100 people, you do that. Well, by default, each one of them are going to do what? They're going to share to their community. That's why they were on your podcast to begin with. So if John shares with 10 people and I have 100 Johns, you can see why the downloads multiply quickly. And then it's about scaling. Like once you get this system down pack and where it's running, now it's like, okay, the other elements. And I'll talk about some other elements when we get into like the bonus uh, out of this 21 other steps. So after you, I think that was, um, that was six connecting. So seven is essentially sending guests an email when the shows air, right? So again, I'm capturing an email and I'm sending them to social media, but, in addition to that, hey, your show just aired. Here is the link to your show. Here is the cover art to your show. Or just send them to the link, and if they want to, they could download the cover art, right? I've been on shows before to where they, they send a, a, pretty much a press kit. They'll send you multiple different images of the show, things that they're going to use Instagram. Again, you're doing this to make it easier for the guests, right, to then share that content without having having you know without them having to think about it but also you're creating the artwork that you're approving because you have a brand to stay on as well. So that's that's a golden nugget that if you're not sharing the episodes as they air if you're just expecting the person to know that the show airs you're not doing yourself any justice. <clears throat> Going into number 8, sharing the episode with the guests on social media platforms, sending the guests on. That was number 7, number 8. So I think I already went over number 8 a little bit when I was talking about connecting on the channels. Then number nine, right? So this came in and this is something that I've always been a big believer of, but it just so happened that this morning when I, when I woke up at like four o'clock this morning, this email came in. So the web address for this email is podnews.net slash article slash all dash the dash podcast dash directories. And this came in from um, being on the PodFest um, email list. And it's about connecting your podcast to as many syndicate directories as possible. And to describe what a syndicate is, think of it as um, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts or, or iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, just to name a few off the top of my head. Like those are the, like the big wigs in the game, but obviously there's so many other micro versions of those large ones and there are hundreds of them. So again, each one of them, they may have their own particular listener that listen for whatever reason that you may not get on Spotify, that you may not get on Apple, that you may not get on Amazon, that you may not get on Google. So why not set up your feed or set up your podcast on as many syndicate directories as humanly possible? So that article that I, that I just mentioned, and if you missed it, I would just say rewind the video back and, and type it in and go to it. And that article kind of gives you an itemized list of like 100 different directories 
including the normal ones. Cause I think, uh, like for example, Boston Cage, I think we're syndicated on maybe like 20, 25 of them. Now that I read that article and realized there's other 80, what the hell do you think I'm going to do next? I'm going to go from 100 to 80 overnight. And by the, by doing that, then my downloads potentially will increase as well. Cause I may capture new listeners. And again, that's what this game is really about is capturing new listeners and, and also giving a lot of value. It's not just about putting up random crap out there. It's about doing the value add collectively. So then going into number 10, right? In addition to the syndicate directories, signing up for um, guest directories as possible. One that we use, and we use maybe about 10 of them, is um, Matchmaker. And I'm just calling out Matchmaker because Matchmaker is a pretty, it's a, it's a beautiful platform visually, but systematically done. I like the fact that they send you weekly emails. So they'll send Boston Cage a weekly email and say, hey, we have some people that would be great for your show. And then the other email would be, hey, S.A. Grant, you'd be great to be on this show. Cuts down on my, my time management. I don't really have to work. to. I can wake up in the morning and look at a list and say, okay, you know what? I like this person. I like her. I like him. Let me send them an email and invite them to be, be on the show. Right? Or on the other hand, I could be like, hey, I would love to be a guest on this show. Let me send them an email. Send them a message through Matchmaker to get, them, to get me on their show. And again, each connection point that you make. And each reference to your podcast that you make, then your podcast downloads will potentially grow. Again, you have to mention you have a podcast. And again, if you're on someone else's show, then you want to direct traffic back to your podcast. And obviously, if someone's on your show, you're going to share that content with them, like we said in the first few steps, and they're going to bring more people back to your show. It is a step and repeat process. It is not an overnight thing. Unless you have millions of dollars to sit down there and go through the coal market and do a huge ad spend, which does not make sense because podcasting is a long-term play you have to build and establish these relationships now and continue to grow them over a period of time and i'm going to talk about those steps as we move forward then after that is going into number 11 so number 11 if this was not part of podcasting i don't think i would even be in podcasting right now because i'm a systems guy the rs feed okay the, the syndication feed that all podcasts run on. And I think some people, they miss this. They miss the hell out of this shit. And it frustrates the hell out of me. If you have a podcast, your podcast is a syndicate. That syndicate is then related to an RSS feed. That RSS feed is golden. And here's why. Right? I can take my RSS feed and I can put it into multiple different systems. Like Hootsuite, for example. And I'm just using more household brand names of services that do updates and they syndicate and push out content to multiple different platforms. So think of it from this standpoint, every single time Boston cage publishes the episode, that episode gets syndicated on everything. Like we're, we publish to YouTube, we publish on LinkedIn, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But do you think that I'm manually sitting down and posting these damn episodes? Hell no. What I'm using is the power of the RSS feed. And then I'm using automation. So what the automation does, it, it'll suck the RSS feed. It'll be like, oh my God, there's something new. So the, the automation gets excited when there's something new in that RSS feed. And again, I don't have to do anything but post the episode. Then the RSS feed says, hey, I got something new for you. I have a new title. I have a new MP3 file. I have a new image. Take my content and do something with it, right? My automation then is going to suck the RSS feed, suck the title, suck the image, and then it's going to propagate that throughout the internet. That's why RSS feeds are your friends. Think about it from this standpoint. Podcasts have RSS feeds, right? Shopify stores have RSS feeds. Amazon has RSS feeds. YouTube has RSS feeds. 
So think about all these different platforms that all have RSS feeds. And if you capture these RSS feeds and put them into automation, all this stuff about social media posting and content creating becomes 10 times easier to where you're posting content. Like literally I'm posting so much damn content. Half the time I'll log in and be like, oh shit. Oh, there goes a, a episode from a year ago. That's not me. It is the RSS feed resyndicating itself. And I have it set up to where it's going to go in and pull, go in and post, go in, pull, go in and post. It is on its own treadmill. And as long as I don't get no notifications that something is broken or somebody says, hey, something showed up blank. Sometimes an image may be missing. Well, then I, all I have to do is log in and fix it or get my team or talk to my, my VA and say, hey, we got an issue with this particular automation system. Fix it, tweak it. So again, RSS feeds are your friends. Don't fight it. Use it. Next is being consistent. So consistency is multiple different things, right? Consistency is the quality of the guests, right? The quality of the audio, the quality of the video, your your visual representation, the way you carry yourself. I'm a hand moving guy. Like ah, it's like I I'm, I'm always on. Like I got bit by a damn rabbit infested rabies rabbit. So again, I have to be like that all the time. Even when I'm down, I have to amp myself back up because again, I have to be consistent. And being in consistency, then the audience is like, look, I may have a rough day, but I know if I listen to essay, that dude's gonna bring me out the darkness, right? Or if I'm going to listen to Susan, Susan is going to make me laugh every single time. No matter what's going on in Susan's life, then she's going to make me laugh. That's the part of the consistency. And we're going to talk about psychology in a little, a little bit. But being consistent is key to make sure that your downloads are, are, are increasingly growing over a period of time. You have to be consistent. You can't be sad on Tuesday, happy on Wednesday, and then jump and doing backflips on Friday. Your audience is going to be like, what the hell is wrong with this person? They need to be medicated. Versus you, you have to just be crazy all the damn time. Then you're consistent. It works. Number 13, <clears throat> research your guests to make the interview more in depth. And this goes back to that intake form that I said about earlier. If you do not have that intake form, you're doing yourself a disservice when you're doing podcasts, right? So in that intake form, and I said earlier, you know, we do some research. We go into the LinkedIn profile. So the first thing I do when I go to LinkedIn, I don't even look at like their career path. I go into like their hobbies. What do they publish? You know, were they a, a Boy Scout den leader? I want to dig deep. So when we're talking on that show, I think it was like maybe a week ago, I had an episode from Israel with a rabbi. And through doing this process, I found that his wife was also like an internet person and she was doing motivational speaking. And through her channel, I found out that they went to South Africa on vacation back in uh, 2019 in December. Think about that. If I didn't do my due diligence, and I'm not saying be a stalker, but I'm saying do your due diligence, go down the rabbit hole, spend an hour block and go down a rabbit hole. Cause now when you're talking to that person, you could bring up things about their past things that you've seen here. That's relevant to that topic, but it also assures the person that you're interviewing that you know them to a certain extent that you are willing to expose and give up some of your time to become part of their world. And if you're not willing to become part of their world, then obviously podcasting is probably not for you because when you get to the psychological aspect of podcasting, it's not about taking, it's about giving. So giving your time and giving your opportunity to review who you're going to be interviewing only makes logical damn sense. And if you ain't doing that shit, you're wasting your damn time. Going down to, all right, so we just went over research to guess. Always, and this is one of my favorites, okay? And this is one that I do 24-7 right? Always wear your brand. 
be on brand 24-7, right? And I'm going to talk about um, synchronicity for a little bit, right? And, and that kind of goes to the, the laws of attraction, the rules of attraction, psychology. And if you've ever seen that movie by Will Smith, I think it was called Focus. And essentially, he was a con artist. And I'm not saying that podcasts are con artists. But again, in that movie, there was a scene near the end, like I think at the middle of the end of the movie, to where they did this long con, right? And before the guy got to the to the football game, he was seeing this number, repetitive number, 57. I think it was 57 or 59. Again, my photographic memory is kind of short right now, but 57, right? He was seeing this number over and over again. He would see it on a T-shirt. He would see it on a billboard. He would see it on a bus. He would see it on, on, on people's hats, cars, hours before the event. Right. So it becomes subliminal. It's ingrained in his thing. It's the same exact thing when you come to brand awareness. So why do you think I rock the brand 24 damn seven? So you may not be a listener right now. You may just scrim through your Facebook feed. But I guarantee you, if you're screaming through your Facebook feed, one, first of all, you see me. Second of all, what's right above my head? That's all. That's like product placement. That that logo is there for a reason. Right. And then to the side of the logo, what else is there? If you look around Everything that I'm having, you probably, I don't even know the count. I lost count, but there's at least probably 40 subliminal logos of the Boston Cage brand behind me. That's why my backdrop is set up the way it does. Because if you're listening to me and your eyes start to stray, then you may be going to Yoda. What's directly behind, well, below Yoda? The damn logo. If you go on the right-hand side and you look at Vader, what's below Vader? The damn logo. If you look at the books, in the spine of every single book behind me, it's the logo. My hat has the logo, the shirt, like you may not be able to see the shirt, but if I work the shirt a little bit, it's subliminal, right? Subliminal, 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 repeat it over and over again. So wearing your brand gives you brand awareness and gives you synchronicity that, that I mean, you're, you're wearing your brand as a damn tax write-off, first of all. Second of all, then you're also giving someone the sub subliminal message behind the scenes. So once they see your logo again, right, you may see it here. But if you go out in the real world, you go to someone else's house, if you get a link, if you get an email, you get a business card, if you get anything Boston Cage related, the first thing you're going to see is the damn logo. And through osmosis, synchronicity, you're going to be associated to it by default because you've seen it so many damn times. It's so, it, it, so again, if you have a brand, Start rocking that brand. Start putting that brand in everything. Start using that brand. Waterbark the hell out that brand. If you if you have a brand and you're not using it in this way, you're doing yourself a disservice. And again, all of this is coming back to downloads. 100% downloads, right? So if someone sees a Boston Cage logo on something, by default, they're going to go do what? Probably click on it if they're a listener somewhere else. And if they're seeing a new episode for the first time, and it could be an episode from two years ago, guess what? That's a new download for an old episode, even though they're a new listener. All right. Works. Next after that is going back to like the, the spike QR codes. Now, QR codes have been around for a while and they died down. And then because of COVID, they came back and now like they're getting way more tangible and asset uses to them. So use QR codes. Again, QR codes are your friends. If you want to market something, use the QR codes. If you're trying to do more downloads and again, some people was like, well, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Don't think. Just put the QR code on it. Put the QR code on everything. Make it to where people don't have to click and type in anything. They can scan the QR code and by default, by scanning that QR code, they're going to go to your podcast or they can go to your course or go to your YouTube channel or whatever it is. So utilizing QR codes would be your friend all day, every day. Next is request um, listener reviews. 
So over the past three years of, of being a podcaster, what I realized is that obviously downloads count to a certain extent, but even more than downloads, what, the, what, what people are looking for when they're using bots and algorithms to find you as a, a reputable podcast is your review count, right? So that's why in the last year, we started paying more and more attention to our reviews. So we went from like, I think we have five reviews to 20 reviews, to now I think we're over 400 reviews or 400 ratings. Reviews and ratings, they work hand in hand. And think about it from the standpoint of Amazon. You can do a five-star rating and you can do a comment and that comment is a review, or you could just do the five-star rating by itself. What the algorithms, what they're doing is they're just looking to see the quantity and the high quantity of the ratings and the reviews that you have. So the more that you have is the more you're going to show up, right? So in the past year, Boston Cage has went from kind of being in the dark to being in the light to where we're getting hands raised left and right and getting emails left and right because of our review ratings in addition to our downloads, right? So think about it. The more higher your reviews, the more positive reviews you have, increases your downloads through osmosis right so think about it from the standpoint if you have listeners to ask a listener i'm gonna ask you right now if you are a listener of boss of cage podcast and if this podcast is giving you value then please by all means give us a positive five-star review to help us increase our downloads and increase our reach to help entrepreneurs i know it sounds like a sell pitch i just made it up on the spot but the reality is that you have to be fluid on the drop of a dime opportunity knocks you seize the opportunity and in this case Acts for reviews. Number 17, be a good listener and ask additional unscripted questions that your listeners, you know, they may not even expect you to ask. And I talked about that earlier on about doing that due diligence and doing that research behind the scenes, because this is when you really get into the psyche of who you're interviewing. All right. If you have opportunity to, to interview, let's say Jeff Bezos, which will be a hell of an interview, right? Everyone in their mom is going to ask Jeff about Amazon because everyone knows about Amazon. But what would it look like to talk about Jeff more so like, okay, like not even like, why did you create Amazon? But what kind of kid were you like? No, no, seriously. Like I understand that you're a multi-billionaire. I understand all that shit. And, and obviously you've had a million interviews and everyone's always asking you about Amazon. How did you build and develop Amazon? This, that, and the third or whatever. But let's talk about your childhood. Cause again, you may have Jeff Bezos living with you right now. Wouldn't that not be nice to kind of see some similarities and then be like, aha. And then, guide that kid in the right direction to where potentially they could be Jeff or they could be Bill Gates or they could be, you know, whoever. Right. And I'm not saying these people as not necessarily famous people, but people that have been highly successful. And then there's pros and cons to that and, and baggage that comes with that as well. But understanding what Jeff went through in his childhood will probably be more beneficial for some people versus just talking about the rise and climb of Amazon. So you want to kind of Throw off questions. Again, other questions you could ask is like fun questions. Like if you're dealing with, with like, like, a, like a nerd person, right? And, and they love Star Wars, then do some due diligence on Star Wars. Ask them a, a random question. Like, you know, like if, if, if we was playing chess with, with Yoda and um, Tony Starks and um, Professor X, who would win? Some random off the wall question like that but then it's going to make that person you're interviewing smile they're going to have a smirk and it's going to identify you as being uniquely different than anyone else that's only concerned about the facts about how they made money and how they proceeded to become highly wealthy and you're going to talk about that through your episode but again you want to do enough research to find the indirect nuance of that person's life and bring it into that episode right that's also going to increase your downloads because not only if you have someone famous but you're also giving insight that not nobody else is doing so then your episode becomes more of a magnet well 
Jeff is probably going to be like, well, this was a really good, interesting episode. Like, you asked me questions that nobody else asked me, which is great because now you become the lead for that particular bit of content, which everyone wants from Jeff. Next up is, let me see. Just scrolling through my notes, guys. Um, 18, shout outs. So shout outs, and you'll hear me do shout outs from time to time. So shout outs would be hella valuable, right? And what I mean by a shout out is kind of like, Hey, this episode is Mike. Mike is the blah, blah, blah boss. That's his nickname. Mike came way of Joanne, right? So I'm giving Joanne a shout out saying, hey, Joanne introduced me to Mike. And that's how Mike got on this episode. Well, by default, if Joanne is a listener, what do you think Joanne is going to do with that episode? Oh, yeah. SA gave me a shout out. And, and hey, it's also Mike. My friend is on the episode. So now not only do you have Mike sharing the episode, but now you also have Joanne sharing the episode. So again, multiplying. By just saying the ad lib of Joanne introduced me to Mike. Psychology, right? And again, it's a compounding effect. So every episode, if you can, and if somebody gave you their referral, then shout them out. It's free for you to shout out the referral. And and it feels good. It's for you and it feels good for them as well. So again, that's another way to increase downloads. Number 18 was shout outs. Number 19 doing live video requests. And I I did an education spot on this for my networking group, I think it was like last month or something like that. And again, if you're doing live requests, you want to look at live requests as a particular thing, right? Hey, listeners, we have a new contest. If you do blah, 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 you'll get blah, 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 blah. And by doing that increases your downloads, right? Another way of doing that is I always say it's a soft ask. Like, I think we did it like last, maybe a year from now, like last March, last February. And I did a live and I was like, Hey guys, Boston Cage, we're, we're striving to get 10,000 downloads, which is it's crazy that now we're getting more than 10,000 downloads per month. And back then, we were just striving to get to 10,000 downloads. And I said, hey, if you don't mind reaching out to your community, if you're getting value from this particular episode, I want you to share this episode because our goal is to get 10,000 downloads this year by this date. So I set the date. I set the request. And then I told them what I want to do. I want you to share this episode with three people. And that's it. And by doing that, okay, maybe you get 10%, maybe you get 20% of those people, right? Let's say you do that and you get 100 new listeners. 100 new listeners over 12 months listening to multiple different episodes. The compounding effect of the rule of 72 happens there as well. All right, so that's like the the, the first 19. and, And these next two are really like what we're moving into. Because again, Every single day I'm learning new stuff and every single day I'm applying new stuff and I'm like, okay, how do I increase downloads? How do I increase monetization? How do I increase increase growth? Because again, I'm a growth strategist, so I'm always processing how to step it up to the next level. So the things that we're going to be working on right now, and again, if if you have opportunity to take the first 19 and systematize them or if you have any questions on those 19 or you want more insight or want more information, again, send an email to info at bossandcage.com. So going into number 20, right? what we're starting to do and starting to realize is like, we need to follow up more because we have so many input. Our pipeline is always full on the front end, but on the back end, right? Again, if you're talking about consumers, your, 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 your greatest conversion always comes from your active consumers. So again, we're doing great piping in, 
but what are we doing on the, the retaining or recommunicating? And, and some of the people I've interviewed, we've had like friendships now and we talk or we, we send information back and forth, but I want to do that at scale. I want to at least touch bases with everyone that I've interviewed for a period of time. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to figure out a system to do anniversaries, right? So imagine systematically doing it doing a post saying happy anniversary. This is the one year, the two year, the three year, the four year, the five year anniversary since your podcast episode has aired, right? What does that do? That's going to do compounding again. Cause now that person that may have listened to the episode before, they're going to re-listen to the episode again or reshare the episode, or they may then contact you and communicate with you again, because front and side of mind, then you become relative and then the communication pipes open up again. So in addition to that, I was like, okay, anniversaries are cool. And again, this is like basic business stuff, right? If you have clients, you may celebrate your anniversary. You may send your client a bottle of wine or whatever it is. Or like if you're interviewing guests on and podcasting, why not do something very similar? So the next part of that is like, I'm working on creating a system to do birthdays. Well, think about it. If, if everyone has different birthdays and I, if I say you interview 365 different people or 10,000 people, eventually you'll get to the point in time to where you would have a birthday every day of the year. What would it look like to then reinsert that episode, but change the cover art and say happy birthday to Joe Smith? Today is his birthday. He was on our episode back in, in 2020. He's a great guy, blah, 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 blah. So you're taking the information you got from the data intake. You may do like 15 minutes of due diligence to kind of see what they're up to right now. And then you're doing a new post for their birthday. It's free, first of all. Second of all, maybe it takes a little bit of time. Third of all, now that person not only knows that you're a good interviewer, but you your follow-up is also relentless as well. Because again, you don't know. Anybody you, get, you interviewing could potentially be a new lead, could be a new resource, could be a new partner, could be a new client, any one of them. So why not then set stuff up to where you can set out happy anniversaries and happy birthdays and make it global so that way they can repost that content as well. Right. Um, in addition to that is just creating and this is number 21 and 21 is something that I'm just going to list out of list out what I think that you should be doing. Some of them we are doing, but collectively an email series. Right. So the first part of the email series would be thank you. Right. Thanks. Thanks for, for signing up to be on our show. And here's your next steps, things that you need to do, whether it's fill out the form, whether it's. Um, write a bio, whether it's listen to an episode, whatever it is, right? In addition to that, it can be a general thank you email. Thank you for being a guest on the show. I think it was a great episode. You know, we're thinking about airing it on this time frame in this region of time. And like for Boston Cage right now, we're about an hour, not hour, about a year out. So if you record an episode right now, we'll do a Facebook Live, but the actual episode is not going to air on the actual RSS feed until a year from now. So systematizing that and to say thank you, but here, here's your air date as well. And and I'm, I'm going creating this based off of feedback because we got into the point to where we went from a month out, three months out, six months out, nine months out. Now we're 12 months out. Well, 12 months is a long damn time for somebody to remember who you are. So you're going to have to stay in front of their mind. And then if you want them to share that episode, well, you have to make sure that they know when it's coming out. Right. Next is request a guest recommendation every once in a while on, after episode. And I get, I have to be more system, systematized with this as well. At the end of every episode, asking your guests, do they have any recommendations or referrals for other guests, other people that are like-minded like them? So when you get into like the celebrity ring, if you're interviewing Shaq and you ask Shaq for his recommendation, nine out of 10 times his recommendation is probably going to be other superstar basketball players. 
right? And if you're on the show and Shaq does the referral or does the goes from cold market to warm market to hot market by opening that door, by doing that connection for you, you're more inclined and highly more better of conversions would happen if that lead referral comes directly from Shaq. Versus you going to that person and say, hey, Shaq was on my episode last month. Would you like to be a guest on my show? The hell with that. Let Shaq do the work for you. Let that individual person you're interviewing do the work for you by making that connection. And then the only thing you have to do at that point in time is follow up. Again, it's hit or miss, but it's more likely to happen if that person gives you that referral. Next, um, after the, the request, a recommend recommendation is secondary emails. And these are things that, that I'm working on right now with Boston Cage. An invite to a guest for another interview on a secondary platform. So what does that mean? Well, there's Boston Cage podcast. There's also Boston Cage book club. Well, I always ask the question about what books have you read or what books are you reading and have you written any books? And usually, let's say two out of five maybe have written books, but nine out of 10 always read a book. So that two out of five, what would it look like if I communicate with them and say, hey, you know, you have a book or you're releasing a book. I have a book club. Would you like to be a guest on a totally different I guess you can call it a podcast or a totally different show that's a spinoff of the original Boston Cage podcast to talk about just your book. Like, how did you write your book? Like, how did you? And, you know, I, I think I did one episode um, in the book club just to test it out to kind of see how it would work and how could I systematize it. And, you know, we got like maybe 55 minutes worth of content. It was a good connection. It was with, with Stormy uh, and, and, and Stormy and I, we, we had this connection from the podcast. And his book was a very helpful book. And he's also a growth strategist as well. And he's talking about, you know, finding the, the right persona, your right client persona. So taking that segmentation from the podcast and spinning it into a whole nother hour episode in the book club. Well, by default, what do you think is going to happen when people hear that live episode talking about his book and we're referring back to the podcast? They're going to go back and listen to the podcast. You see how that works? And again, it just takes an hour of time and it's me staying connected to Stormy and we're staying in communication. And it also gives him another way of marketing his product. It's kind of a no brainer. Next is then inviting past guests, right? Into roundtable episodes. And I'm working on one right now with, with Javon. And Javon and I, we went to college together and I reached out to him. I was like, dude, like, I want to do a new episode format. It's a little bit different, but it's still Boston Cage, right? Let, and he has a podcast as well. I was like, let, let's join forces. And let's both of us get on one episode on Boston Cage and we're going to co-host it and we're going to talk about a topic. So it's going to be like an education episode like this, but we're going to talk about a particular topic and give you guys tips and trips. So like what we're doing right now is setting that up, right? But what would it look like if I do that at scale? What if I send out this email to everyone I've interviewed before to kind of bring them back doing roundtables? But these roundtables could easily then turn into what? Summits. And in the summit, what we're talking about, we all met on Boston Cage podcast. What do you think is going to happen to the downloads? Increase. Because now that's one person. It's not two people. It may be five people on a roundtable that's all communicating about their connection through Boston Cage Podcast. It's kind of a no-brainer, right? Then it's also asking your guests. And this is kind of going still all 21 guest review forms. Not listener reviews, but I want a guest to give me a review. It could be a written review. It can be a video review. It could be a review on Apple. It could be a review, whatever. But again, a lot of times schedules are so crazy. If you don't ask and make it easy, you won't get it. So systematizing that and putting it in an email follow-up series. And then last but not least is 
request reviews from the guests, right? So you have a guest review form and then you're requesting the actual guests and the guest review form could be data intake or then the, the, the requested review could be when they can go on a platform and give you an actual review on that platform and a rating. So I know that was a lot and it was fast and it was furious and there's so many probably different questions and aspects of what I said. And again, if you have any questions, by all means, put a comment in any of the videos or any of the channels that you're seeing right now. I'll definitely respond back. And if you have more detail, more insight to, to, to a particular question, write it up. Send me an email, info at bostoncage.com. So again, this episode is a bonus episode. And I think I haven't done one in maybe, I don't know, seems like it's been a while since I do these. And the goal is I, I need to do these at least once a month. If this was useful, if this is helpful, by all means, let me know if it's helpful. Let me know if it's useful. So that way I can kind of increase the content and keep delivering the value that you guys have grown accustomed to. I appreciate you. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.